Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah, and as always, thanks for listening. I hope you all have been doing well and keeping safe with one another. Uh, This COVID is still running rampant and crazy about. Um, So I hope you guys have have been staying vigilant and, you know, being careful out there, so... Um, I would like to invite each and every one of you to join me for this episode where we will uncover some strange and eerie conspiracy theories based around musical artists. So if you would like to show the Spectre some love, please take the time to follow me on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash the Southern Spectre podcast or on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash the Southern Spectre. And also you can follow me on TikTok at the Southern Spectre. You can also share your comments, suggestions, or personal experience with me as well um, by way of email if you would send me an email at uh, the Southern Spectre podcast at gmail.com. If I choose to read your story on the show, I might send you a little something special from the Southern Spectre. So, if you guys have any personal paranormal experiences or strange tales or legends that you are familiar with and would like to shoot me a story, I would love to hear them. Um, I would love to be able to share them on the show. And like I said, maybe I'll send you a little something special in the mail. Now, on with the show. Conspiracy theories have always been a part of society, just as long as gossiping and rumors have circulated. Whether through stirring the pot, explaining away things we don't understand, or through our own mysterious rationalization, these theories have provided hours of entertainment as well as a number of scratch-your-head type moments. Today, we'll take a look at some of the most intriguing and bizarre conspiracy theories revolving around some of the most biggest musical acts in history. These conspiracy theories are almost as strange and odd as the people that they're about. So now, it's time to pull up a chair, settle in, and cozy up for the Southern Spectre Podcast. Enjoy. One of the biggest influences for the music industry we have today came along and took the music industry along with the entire world by storm. Four Boys from Liverpool would become one of the most influential bands of all time. John, Paul, Ringo, and George have sealed their places in our history books by revolutionizing the recording process and artist presentation. With their first hit, Love Me Do, in 1962, it didn't take long for Beatlemania to spread like wildfire. The Beatles are the best-selling music act of all time, with an estimated sales of 600 million units worldwide. They hold the record for most number one albums on the UK albums chart, 
most number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and most singles sold in the UK. The Beatles were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988, and all four members were inducted individually between 1994 and 2015. But what if what you thought you knew was a lie? It began circulating sometime around 1967 and quickly gained steam and attention. September 17, 1969, the student newspaper of Drake University in Iowa ran the story, Is Beetle Paul McCartney Dead? The theory and rumors were leading up to some massive conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney was dead and that the other Beatles, along with the music producers, were all covering it up. After all, you can't have the Beatles without Paul. The story went as follows. On November 9, 1966, Paul had an argument with his bandmates during a recording session and drove off angry in his car. Paul wrecked the car, and he was sadly decapitated. For the fans' sake, the surviving Beatles replaced Paul with the winner of a McCartney look-alike contest, or, depending on who's telling the story, that Paul was replaced with someone named William Campbell or Billy Shears. This replacement was taught to dress, talk, sing, and act like Paul. This scenario was facilitated by the Beatles' recent retirement from live performance and by their choosing to present themselves with a new image for their next album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's also believed that the band had left hidden clues or hints for the fans to find within their songs and cover art. In the article put to print by Drake University student-ran newspaper, the lyrics number nine from Revolution Nine off the White Album was indeed a clue, but to find it, the lyrics would be played backwards. Here is the original lyrics. Number nine, 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 number nine. And here are those same lyrics played backwards. The lyrics that were meant to say number nine, but played backwards, it says to some, turn me on, dead man. If you listen closely, you can definitely pick it out. The back cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club was also discussed in this article. It's believed that here within lies even more clues to the rumor that Paul is dead. Every Beatle except Paul is looking to the camera. Also, on the cover of Magical Mystery Tour, all the Beatles wear the same colored suit except for one. You guessed it, the odd man out in the photo is indeed Paul. The Beatles were known for sometimes putting hidden meaning in their lyrics. So this only further concreted the rumors going about about Paul. 
The Beatles were in the midst of disbanding when their album, Abbey Road, was released and Paul was feeling a bit distanced from his bandmates due to indifferent business decisions when they decided to hire Alan Klein as business manager. Paul felt he needed some downtime and with his newborn daughter, wife, and family headed to Scotland for a getaway to their farm. This will come back into play shortly. Shortly before Paul decided to take his well-deserved hiatus, radio station WKNR-FM, stationed out of Detroit, received a phone call from a listener concerning the Paul is Dead rumor, along with further clues that this was in fact true. DJ Russ Gibb, along with other callers, continued to discuss the theory, along with even more clues over the next hour on live broadcast. Two days after the radio broadcast, the Michigan Daily ran an article by Fred Labar, a student at the University of Michigan, entitled, McCartney Dead, New Evidence Brought to Light. Fred had listened to the radio broadcast with DJ Russ Gibb and wrote the article breaking down even more clues, including more Beatles album cover art, particularly Abbey Road. Fred later claimed he had made up all the clues and didn't think people would actually believe what he was saying. Soon, the whole story went nationwide and was picked up by other radio stations and newspapers. Even though that the Beatles press completely denied such rumors, it didn't help matters at all that Paul was vacationing in Scotland with family and couldn't make public appearances. Soon, media outlets everywhere were covering the story along with providing their audiences with all the clues. Other bands even jumped on board and used it as inspiration for a song. The Mystery Tour released the song The Ballad of Paul. Billy Shears and the All-Americans released Brother Paul and Zacharias and his Tree Peoples had We're All Paul Bearers, Parts 1 and 2, just to name a few. Many people took to doing their own deciphering of the Beatles songs and artwork. Some say that in the song Strawberry Fields Forever, that John Lennon can be heard toward the end of the song saying, I buried Paul. John would later deny this saying the actual words were cranberry sauce. Then we have the full breakdown of the cover of the album Abbey Road. Some say that it's just not the Beatles in a crosswalk on Abbey Road, but instead what you're seeing is indeed a funeral procession. Lennon is dressed in white and represents a heavenly presence. Ringo is dressed in black and represents the Undertaker. George Harrison is dressed in denim and he represents the Gravedigger. And finally, Paul McCartney is dressed in a suit, holding a cigarette in his right hand, and he's barefoot. According to the theory, Paul is dressed in the suit because it's his funeral, not to mention that fans quickly picked up on the cigarette in Paul's right hand, when in fact, Paul is left-handed. He's also barefoot and out of step with the others, leading fans to believe that this is not Paul at all. Then we have the white Volkswagen Beetle in the background with the license plate LM 
W-2-8-I-F. Those who believe speculate that the 2-8-I-F broken down means that Paul would be 28 years old if he hadn't died because he was 27 when Abbey Road was recorded. Some also believe that LMW stands for Linda McCartney Widow or Linda McCartney Weeps, only furthering the Paul is Dead theory. Even today, this theory is a popular one amongst Beatles fans and is sealed in history along with one of the biggest bands of all times. I leave you to decide for yourself what you believe. Elvis Presley fans have for decades swore that the king never left the building back in 1977. Millions of devoted fans were devastated when the announcement came that Elvis had died of heart failure on August 16, 1977. But since that day, there have been a number of sightings of Elvis over the years, and those that insist that the king is alive and well. So many sightings, in fact, that in 1989, the Elvis Sighting Society was formed. The first sighting of Elvis occurred on August 16, 1977, the same day of the 42-year-old singer's death. A gentleman with an uncanny resemblance to Elvis was spotted purchasing a one-way ticket to Buenos Aires at the Memphis International Airport. It's claimed the man went by the name of John Burroughs, which also happened to be an alias that Elvis would use when he checked into hotels. The second sighting would come the exact same year, only a few months since Elvis had passed. Mike Joseph was on a visit to Graceland, Elvis's home, when he was taking some random photos of the home. In one photo in particular, Joseph captured what is described as a shadowy, Elvis-like figure sitting in the doorway of the pool house. This wasn't noticed until a few years later while Joseph was going through some of the older photos. Joseph sent the picture to Kodak for further validation, and indeed, Kodak verified that the photo had not been doctored or altered in any way. Later in an interview with Larry King, Joe Esposito, a close friend of Elvis, proposed it was a Presley associate. Elvis's funeral was held on August 18, 1977, and some say there are hidden clues here. There is footage that exists of the pallbearers giving it their all to lift and uphold a 900-pound copper coffin. True, Elvis had gained his fair share of weight during his later years, but come on, he wasn't pushing that much weight. Some believe that the casket had been rigged with some sort of cooling system, the kind you would use as if trying to preserve a dummy or wax figure, kind of like a wax museum. A little far-fetched, right? Well, Gene Smith, Elvis's cousin, claims that the body appeared strange. Gene says this, his nose looked kind of pudgy looking 
and his right sideburn was sticking straight out. It looked about an inch, said Jean. And his hairline looked like a hairpiece or something was glued on. Jean was also bothered by Elvis's hands. They were too smooth. Jean knew his cousin to bear calluses on his hands. Some fans believe that the king himself had left behind clues for true fans to find. Elvis's tombstone reads, Elvis Aaron Presley. Aaron is spelled A-A-R-O-N. When true fans know that he was given the middle name Aaron, A-R-O-N, fans have speculated that he used the incorrect spelling to let true fans know that he wasn't quite dead. Billy Smith, another cousin, claimed Elvis just preferred the double-A spelling. In 1988, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a woman named Louise Welling claimed she had seen Presley waiting in line at the local supermarket. Louise claims the king was donned in a white jumpsuit and was there in need of an electrical fuse. Later, Louise Welling's daughter spotted the king once again at the local Burger King. Elvis expert David Adler later would tell the Los Angeles Times that what gives this account eerie credibility is that Burger King was by far Elvis's favorite fast food chain. Elvis had a tremendous career, not only with his music, but also as an actor. The beloved King would go on to star in 31 movies during his career. It's also known that Elvis loved Christmas. Well, another theory surrounding the King is that he appears as an extra in the hit Christmas movie, Home Alone. The scene in the movie that is in question is when Kate McAllister, played by Catherine O'Hara, is stuck at an airport in Scranton, Pennsylvania. If you look behind her, you can see a middle-aged, bearded gentleman who some Elvis theorists believe is a 55-year-old Elvis Presley as the gentleman looks just like the king did in the 1969 movie, Charo. The gentleman even cocks his head to the side in what some believe is the same mannerism as Elvis had on stage. To further this theory, Home Alone director Chris Columbus had just finished making the movie Heartbreak Hotel, a movie about kids trying to kidnap the king himself. My question is this, if he were to be willing to show himself as an extra in a movie, then how come in the movie Forrest Gump, he didn't do his own voiceover work? He left that role to Kurt Russell, who was uncredited, by the way. Then, in 2016, a video began to circulate the webs of the internet. The video is that of a groundskeeper at Graceland who resembles, you guessed it, Elvis Presley. In the video, the older gentleman who wears a blue, almost gray baseball cap and an orange Elvis Week t-shirt can be seen tangling with some wire. He walks across the grounds towards the camera where he appears to scratch the side of his head with two fingers held up. Theorists are convinced that this was a secret nod to the camera and millions of fans that still truly believe. The video has had over 2 million views, but turns out the video was that of groundskeeper Bill Barmer. So is it true 
that the fans just aren't ready to let the king go? Or is there any truth to any of this? With all these sightings of such an American icon, it's easy to see why so many fans can get all shook up. Uh-huh. And last, but certainly not least, we'll dive into one of my favorites on today's show. On June 6, 1972, David Bowie released his fifth album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, and his alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, with his out-of-this-world attire and flaming red hair. On the cover to this album, on a dark London street, we see Ziggy Stardust himself, a.k.a. Bowie, surrounded by the dirt and filth of the street. The main focal point of the picture is Ziggy illuminated in the dark, and above his head, a sign that hangs from the building in which Ziggy is posing. The sign reads, K. West. The first track on the album is entitled, five years and draws for the listener a grim outlook on the future which is due to expire in five years time unless a hero can arise a star man if you will who can save humanity from total annihilation five years later almost to the day from the release of bowie's album on june 8th 1977 Kanye West was born. Had our future savior made his grand entrance on earth? Holy Jesus. Then, in a 1974 interview, David Bowie gives us a breakdown of how his extraterrestrial alias, Ziggy Stardust, would leave earth behind. Bowie says this, As soon as Ziggy dies on stage, the infinites take his elements and make themselves visible. David Bowie left this world behind on January 10th, 2016, and Kanye West, within one hour of Bowie's passing, had taken to Twitter to honor and praise the musician saying this, David Bowie was one of my most important inspirations. So fearless, so creative, he gave us magic for a lifetime. It's believed that Bowie's final album of his musical career, Black Star, was his confirmation that Kanye West was, in fact, the star man he told us about. First, Kanye West himself is indeed a black star. Then, the album's title track, Black Star, features lyrics that say this, Something happened on the day he died. The lyrics read, Spirit rose a meter and stepped aside. Somebody else took his place and bravely cried, I'm a black star. I'm a black star. The third track on Bowie's Black Star album is entitled Lazarus. This track was recorded during Bowie's secret year and a half bout with cancer. Lazarus is a direct nod to the biblical character who became deathly ill and died. Lazarus was placed in a tomb by Jesus, and through the miracle power of prayer, 
he was resurrected from the dead. Once odd, eerie, or even downright creepy is that on Kanye West's 2013 album entitled Yeezus, the third track is titled I Am a God. This, along with the fact that Kanye posed for a cover of Rolling Stone in 2006 wearing a crown of thorns, only further concretes this bizarre theory. And one final tie-in. Three days before Bowie's death, Sia debuted her song, Reaper, which just so happened to be co-produced and co-written by Kanye West himself. Was this a passing of the torch or the crown, so to speak? The world has been riddled with conspiracy theories for years and years. And as the world continues to turn, more and more of these will come to light. We may never understand some of them or where they even came from. But sometimes, when people can't grasp certain situations, they tend to develop their own reasoning to justify anything other than the truth. As these conspiracy theories continue to roll out, the Southern Spectre will be here, waiting in the shadows, to bring them to you, front and center. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and that I was able to take you away from the horrors that await outside of our doors on a daily basis. I pray you all remain safe and watchful during these times. One way or another, we're all in this together. I love you guys. Take care. God bless. Don't let the boo head get you. <laughs>